From the summit in San Antonio, Texas, the core presents Sales Training Boot Camp with Rick Ruby and J.J. Mazzo. Today's topic, time management. Every summit, I bring up one of my coaches for about 20 minutes to talk about time management and organization. I personally would tell you my time management I work about 32 hours a week. This year I've been working about 37 or 38. I have lots of free time. I never have calls that I don't return. Uh, I'm very on top of my schedule. Ashley runs my schedule. First thing you need to note, your assistant has to be in charge of your schedule. How many of you right now, your assistant is not in charge of your schedule? Raise your hand. Assign that immediately. Your assistant is in charge of your schedule. So, we're going to have a little fun for the next 20 minutes. JJ is going to talk about time management. I got to tell you this. JJ is a monster loan rep. He's in LA. He makes, I want to say, two and a half million a year. He closes about 17 to 22 loans a month in LA. He's got a branch that closes 90 loans a month. He has a great business. My man, JJ Mazo. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! I'm uh, I'm late. Oh dude, I'm in so much trouble. He is going to kill me. Okay, maybe no one will notice. No one will notice. Okay, all right. Hold on. I've got. I've got it. No one will I am so sorry. Just take that cash. Save me the time. So. I've got this. Perfect person to teach time management, right? So, anyone ever been in this predicament before? No one noticed, right? It was easy? Cool. So, here's the deal. How many of you have been late and thought no one would notice? Raise your hand. How many of you realize it cost me $200 just to fake that I was late to, to, to Rick right there? You realize that. So here's my whole point. Um, I'm going to go through some tactics, simple tactics. Um, I needed to make that impression because I need to be impactful. By the end of this, I'm going to show you guys and I'll prove to you that the faith versus fear mentality and the way we think is how we deal with our time. So we fear time because we're afraid that we're going to lose deals. Right, Daniel? But what we need is faith in the process. Are you kidding me? Come on. What we need is faith in the process that we'll get more deals. But what's funny is every time we start getting things get a little squirrely, we go back and default to our default settings of fear. Now, when I'm done, I'm going to prove to you with my personal experiences what the difference is when you have a fear mentality versus a faith mentality in a 10-year period of time, and then I'm going to have you all do that exercise as well. Those are who, uh, who are my students. You guys will have to have this to me next time I see you. By tomorrow, or it's a $500 fine. Fair enough? Cool. Let's see if this is working. There we go. Move, move, removing distractions. This is the number one thing. Everyone agree? Removing distractions. Chris, what's the number one distraction for you? 
your phone, right? So for me, I know it's my phone, it's my email, it's my team, it's my family with non-family emergencies. I want you guys to all sit and write down what's your number one distraction on your paper right now. And we're going to go through some tactics on how to get rid of some of those distractions, things that I do to get rid of distractions. Um, anyone who has social media distractions during the day that doesn't have someone paying someone else to do it or it's time blocked, you're stupid. Social media is a stupid waste of time unless you have time block to do social media for business. You understand that, like going and seeing if they liked your picture or, um, you know, if if Susie Q had a fun time in the Bahamas during the day is stupid. You realize that that is not part of my day. So when it comes to the phone, when I'm doing things intentionally, I give my phone to somebody else. If I'm doing my power hours, somebody else is in charge of my phone. Emails are the number one distraction for me. Raise your hand if emails are the number one distraction. Thank you. Seven out of the ten emails are worthless garbage. You agree? Yet we love to get in there. It's like Pac-Man. It's a video game. You're like, delete, delete, move folder, move folder. Delete, delete, move folder, move folder. Now that sounds like money-making activity, doesn't it? You're like, I scored 2,000 emails today. No, stupid. So what I do is I delegate my emails to somebody else. Or I divert people to somewhere else. So I delegate the emails to a person. Maybe it's going to be an LP or an executive assistant for you. You teach them what to say, what to delete, what to flag. So they get rid of the seven stupid emails. So I only have to look at the three that matter to me most. Now, if you're freaked out that people think you're away from your business because you're working out of fear that you're going to lose deals, then put your out-of-office reply on. Just like the voicemail that Rick, Rick asked us to leave and say, hey, I'm in a conference. I didn't die. Everything's good. But I'll be back. So maybe that's for an hour. Maybe that's, hey, you're going to be with clients. Now, the one thing I'll tell you when we're doing the time blocking is white space is bad. Everything when I was younger, when it came to white space, was bad. Drugs, booze, cops, all had to do with white space. I looked at white space as white powder. Terrible. I am not that person anymore. It freaks me out. Literally, if I don't have, if I have white space, it gives me anxiety. I have to go back to back to back to back to back to back appointments. So if you have someone waiting for you, will you be late? And then if you have someone waiting after that, will you be late? Or someone after that, will you be late? No. Suddenly we're on time. In fact, you will forget to go to the bathroom for like six hours in doing so. The problem is, is not making sure you have the back-to-backs. Now, what suffers when we do that? The power hours, right? Because no one's waiting for us. So that, that's why the power hours. The funny thing is, when we did this March Madness, the March Madness was nothing other than the theme day calls that he's been telling us to do the entire time. Every day, 30 calls. It's like, I got this great, all he did was rebrand the whole thing, and everyone's freaking out. Oh my gosh, this is so hard, I don't believe it. This is genius, it's making me so much money. It's the same damn thing. (laughs) Same thing. He knows that, I love it. I was like, this is the most genius thing. I'm going to rebrand all kinds of things that people aren't doing in my office. I'm going to just make it, I'm going to be like, this is the winter fest of calling, or whatever we need to do. (laughs) So, distractions. Um, 
So team interruptions. Let's talk about team interruptions. Those annoy the heck out of me. If it doesn't have to do with a moving van, I am not to be interrupted. I have problem-solving time at the beginning of the day and the end of the day. If it's a moving van, then come get me. But if it doesn't have to do with the moving van, I don't care. It will get resolved before the day's up. Family interruptions, a little bit different. My wife and my kids, they're very well-trained, as am I. But it's got to be a mutual agreement, okay? My wife doesn't call the office unless it's an absolute emergency. If I get a text that says 911, call me now. Or if she calls my assistant and my assistant comes in and says, hey, it's an emergency, which I've had before. Otherwise, they're not allowed to call during the day. An emergency isn't, oh, my gosh, I can't figure out what color carpet we want to put in the bedroom. That doesn't work for me. I love my wife. I will listen to it when I go home. But the mutual agreement is when I go home, I don't have my cell phone and I'm talking to realtors and emailing people because I don't want her bugging me at work. Well, then why What am I disrespect her and do the opposite? No. But we have that mutual understanding and agreement. And when you do, it works. If you don't, it doesn't work. Uh, team fines for interruptions. So it's really easy. I have a sign on my door. It's a $100 fine for every interruption. I take checks because everyone's got checks. Prefer cash. And the door is closed, which it isn't always, but when I'm in appointments, unless it has to do with the moving van, then there are fines that are applied. Now, if I screw that up, then, of course, I have to pay fines. And we'll talk about that with the accountability partner. The best tactic that I found that we're doing right now with the remodel of our office is we're putting in a call room. Or you can have a call cubicle. In the call room, the call room has a phone, a computer, with every website blocked off of it except phone burner. And it's got four walls, no windows. But we're putting in cool wallpaper. Like one's going to have London, the other's going to have like Hawaii on it, you know, other's going to have New York, something to stare at. But all you have is the phone and phone burner. Now, if you do that, are you going to get massive results? Are you going to probably make more than 30 calls if you just stayed in that damn room for an hour? Yes. And that's the point. So removing distractions, absolutely key number one. Accountability partner. This is Tiffany in my life. Uh, Tiffany is the only person paid to annoy me. That is literally her job. Why? Because I tell her I want to do all these things. And then in the heat of the day, when she comes in and tells me, well, you got to do these things. And I go, I don't want to do that. I want to do this. It's her job to make sure that I, I do what I said I wanted to do the first time. Now, here's what I want you guys to understand. How many of you have had that person or had that person and said, no, a little bit later, five more minutes, you disregard them, raise your hand. You're spitting in their face. You're disrespecting them. And if you do it enough, they will quit. You give them authority and then they exercise that per your request and what you pay them to do, and then we go ahead and disrespect them by saying, it's not that important. You don't really have that authority. I'm still the boss. So with Tiffany, she's got all the authority. You can still get irritated. Okay, come here. All right, I understand. Give me the list. I'll make the call, right? But she understands that because we have that relationship. 
but disregarding her is going to be an absolute disrespect. Um, fine jar is something that we use that's super cool. It cost me a Maui vacation, really irritating. So if she's on point and I'm not, meaning she comes in, here's your list, and she comes in and catches me not on the phone, I got to put 20 bucks in the bar, in the jar. Now, if she doesn't come on time and she misses it by a minute or two minutes and she's got to take that 20 bucks and put it in the other jar. Fortunately, it's worked in her favor more than mine. And it literally paid for her to go to, to Maui one year. And that is really irritating. I pay her well enough. I don't need to send her to Maui because of my stupid mistakes. So high level of accountability. So time blocking. Time blocking has to be absolutely comfortable, everybody. Do you put your socks on and then or your shoes and then your socks? Daniel? No. No, good. Do you wipe and then go to the bathroom? No. Because if you did, you would have a, a serious mess on your hands. You realize that. So when I say that, it has to be comfortable. What works for me and what's comfortable in my day may not be comfortable in your day. I love that we do the perfect week, but let's be honest. We have to, we have to crawl before we walk. I assigned doing one perfect day to my students, and it took like two weeks or two different sessions till they could actually do it. Maybe 50% of them did. So try mastering one perfect day, and if you can do one perfect day over and over again, then add another one. Then add another one. Usually after you have three perfect days that work really well for you, the other two just fall into place. You know what's supposed to go there that's going to be comfortable. But don't just try and do this perfect week, and then you're changing it all the time. Just start with one simple day if you do nothing else than that. Call time power hours, most impactful. So you got to meet with referral partners and borrowers. I block off 25 hours of prospecting time. If I need leads, I meet with referral partners. If I need borrowers or conversions, then I meet with borrowers. So you can look at your lead tracker. If your lead tracker is low, and let's say you have a, a 60% conversion and you've got 20 leads, you need to be meeting with more referral partners. If you've got 100 leads and you've got 30% conversion, then you need to be meeting with more borrowers. This part you can adjust as necessary for where your weakness is in your business at that time. If I've got 125, 130 leads right now and my conversions are low, I am not doing as many realtor one-on-one face-to-faces. That's just it. I'm sitting down, I'm meeting belly-to-belly with borrowers because that's how I know I can best convert. So making sure that you set the time, that it's super comfortable, um, and then making sure that personal time is also going to be on there. Your personal time itself needs to be first. If you don't put it there, you won't. So I didn't put my personal time on there. And unfortunately, because I didn't put my personal vacations on there, I can barely squeeze it in because I blocked everything else. I blocked my kids' gym, gymnastics meets. I, I blocked my date nights. I blocked everything except our summer vacation. And right now, putting that in is like fitting a football through a garden hose. It's going to be really difficult. So making sure that when we have these systems, that we don't forget, it still has to be quality. A lot of times we forget when we're in the system, 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 system. And Rick has taught me this really well, that a relationship is not a box to be checked. Write that down. A relationship is not a box to be checked. I love processes. 
I love to be like go into my day and have it spit me out the other side, but I don't like to lose relationships. That's not the point of this, right? You don't want to turn into a robo robo loan officer at the end of the day. So one of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite people, uh, don't score every basket, be involved in every basket. We can't do it all ourselves, but not everybody else can be us. Agreed? So when we're doing this, don't delegate everything. You have to stick in the sales process where it matters most. So here's the exercise we're all going to do. Not right this second. I decided to take some time and see the impact. I just recently had to bury my second brother, take him off life support in front of his eight-year-old son. Unexpected. I didn't see him in ten years. So when we talk about time, you start thinking to yourself a little bit differently when you have to do something like that. So making sure that we're grateful and impactful, what I did was is I took ten years, a ten-year difference, side-by-side, side, 2009. Everyone remember 2009? Oh, a great year, right? Oh, yeah. And then 2019. And I took categories like work and living situations and everything else. And I did side-by-side -side comparisons. It does two things. It reminds me where I came from. It gives me the drive I want. And it's great for gratitude. This will stay in my pocket forever. But this shows fear versus faith and what can be accomplished. I'll read this and then in closing. Fear, 2009, 13 years in the business, 32 years old. I was bankrupt. Cars all impounded, riding the bike on my work, riding to work on my bike, and even that got stolen. I rented a cubicle. It was a four-by-four. Four. My relationship was headed to divorce. I had a three-year-old and newborn to care for, and I had no clue how to do that. Zero money in the bank. I was overdrawn. Cashed out my 401K. My dad was in great health, but 75 years old and also broke. My mom died of cancer. Brother died of cancer. Mother-in-law died of an overdose. Moved into a 1,000-square-foot home after losing a 3,800-golf course estate. I drank and did drugs to hide shame, pain, and fear and embarrassment. No driver purpose in my work. Zero referrals. Disconnected from God. No coaching, just drifting. Completely broken, ungrateful man. What a year. So... Now, two years later, I'm at the core, so um, th this is the despairing difference. What You could pick two or three of those and have a pity party. Agreed? Like two or three of those. That was literally a 12-month period of time. I was writing this down, and I'm like, oh, my God. So fast forward. 2019, 23 years in the business, 42 years old now. No debt, $4.2 million net worth other than a mortgage by choice. Three dream cars and a yacht completely paid for Eight locations, 60 employees, 30 loan officers, wife I'm in love with 15 years later and work with, a 14 and a 10-year-old, A-plus students and athletes, enough cash to retire on time, dad lives with Alzheimer's but in a five-star living facility I can afford, wife is living inspiration, you don't have to be a product of your upbringing, I own two dream homes, I seek God for shame, pain, and fear, I work with massive purpose and accountability, over a 1,000 referrals a year, time with God, large, amazing core family, still broken, but know it, and a very grateful man. Thank you. Ten years. I remember we talked earlier about knowing where you started 
I think that's a great exercise that he gave you. I want you all to do that exercise. I want you to write down exactly where you were 10 years ago. He left the toilet paper up here. Is this for me? My God. I think the journey that we've been on in the core for the last 18 years, the journey that all these coaches have been on, I watch people grow so much and make so much progress. It just amazes me, and I hope it inspires you to get more organized, get more structured, set everything up as a process. And for me, winning is important. How many of you like winning? Winning is important. Let me tell you what winning is. Having your best year every year, that's winning. All my coaches are doing that. I'm doing that. Most of my members are doing that. That's what we want to do. You've been listening to The Core's Sales Training Boot Camp. For registration information about our two-day business building summits, call 1-800-660-6670 or find us on the web at www.thecoretraining.com.